thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins 3, the Cleveland Indians 1. The Minnesota Twins take the final game of the series and win the four-game series three games to one. The Indians have now scored four runs in their last five games going back to the finale against Chicago last Wednesday. Let's see how it went down for the Cleveland Indians. It's one run on two hits. For Minnesota, it's three runs on seven hits. Aaron Savali pitched pretty good, maybe even really good. But once again, the quiet offense for the Cleveland Indians, even though Mike Freeman was hitting fifth, they tried shaking the lineup that that way. Even though uh, with Sandy Alomar was coaching the team because Terry Francona is having some GI problems, nothing COVID-related. So Terry Francona took the game off. He actually might be off tonight. He might be back in Cleveland at the Cleveland Clinic. So Sandy Alomar is in charge of the team. They still only mustered two hits. Savali went six innings, five hits, three earned runs, nine strikeouts, and a home run allowed. So not bad. And then they turned to the bullpen, who pitched pretty good. Wickren went a quiet inning, one strikeout. Karinchek gave up two hits, but had three strikeouts to pitch the eighth for the Indians. But with the Indians offense not able to muster more than two hits, and those two hits led to that one run, nothing was going to matter from the Cleveland pitching. The Twins, uh, Clippard, it was a bullpen game, so Clippard started. He went two shutout innings, one strikeout. Man, it kind of makes you wish we hang on to Tyler Clippard, right? I mean, he pitched pretty good for us, so he's pitching good for the Twins now. Smeltzer comes in then he in the uh, third. He pitches two and two-thirds. He gets the win on the day. Two hits. He did give up that run, a walk, and two strikeouts. And then their bullpen, Weisler, Duffy, May, and then Romo with the save shut things down. So, man, what a tough day for the Cleveland Indians. The Minnesota Twins get their three runs in three consecutive innings. In the first, Jorge Polanco singles on a line drive to Bradley Zimmer. Max Kepler scores. In the second, Mitch Garver homers on a line drive to center field. And then in the third, Nelson Cruz singles on a ball that was pretty high and tight. And he singles on a ground ball to center field. And Max Kepler scores again. So that is how the scoring goes for the Minnesota Twins. The Indians answer back in the fourth. Cesar Hernandez leads off the inning with a line drive double. Jose Ramirez grounds out. Then Francisco Lindor comes up and singles on a sharp line drive to left field. Cesar Hernandez scores. And then Francisco Lindor gets thrown out at second by a great play by the left fielder, Eddie Rosario. He took a one-hopper off the wall and turned and threw an absolute BB, an absolute strike to second base and beat Lindor by at least three or four steps. Lindor tried a swim-move slide, which you know has been successful for him in the past, but they were able to get the tag on him, and that really ended the scoring threat. So that's it. That's it for the Indians. Two back-to-back doubles. After that, the, the pitcher shut down the rest of the game. And there wasn't much excitement after the fourth inning. So everybody out there right now is writing about the Indians' offense and the lack of offense from the Cleveland Indians and this historic slump that they're in right now to start this season and the value of it being a 60-game season and what they lost losing three to the Twins. But, you know, let's look at the positive because the MVP for a day is definitely Aaron Savali, right? Aaron Savali, again, nine strikeouts and six innings pitched. He did give up three runs, but it wasn't like he was... 
those were big mistakes, right? I mean, Nelson Cruz was basically jammed up and tight and somehow fisted that ball into center field. So MVP for a day goes to Aaron Savali. And let's look at the positive. Let's take a look at who Aaron Savali is and how the heck he got here. Because he definitely wasn't a name. You remember when we had like Alex White and Drew Prom Drew Pomerantz? Like these were guys that were like, oh man, the next big starters for the Indians. Aaron Savali just kind of snuck up on us. So uh, wh- where did Aaron Savali come from? Well, he came from East Windsor, Connecticut. Played high school ball in Connecticut. And then went on to play college ball at Northeastern University. A lot of awards and accolades as he comes up. He was the co-pitcher of the year in the Colonial Athletic Association after going 9-3 with a 1.73 ERA for the Huskies. He was a reliever, but then in an exhibition game in Florida against the Red Sox, he he got the start, and I guess he was a starter from then on. He uh, played in the Cape Cod League. He was league all-star in the Cape Cod League and received the Outstanding New England Prospect Award. And then he's drafted by the Cleveland Indians in the third inning of the 2016 draft. And the Indians have, there's a lot of players you would recognize from the 2016 draft. We'll have to go over it one day. So he's playing for uh, the Indians farm system. And by 2018, he makes it to double A, the Akron Rubber Ducks. Spends all of 2018 there. 2019, he starts back in Akron. So maybe he thinks, man, you know, I I really hoped I would be moving up. I got stuck in the same level for two years in a row. I'm sure he was disappointed by that. But not too far into the season, June 6th, he gets called up to AAA to the Columbus Clippers. He makes seven starts between AA and AAA, going 5-0 with a 2.85 ERA before making his debut on June 21st, 2019 for the Cleveland Indians. And he's been here ever since. So he really is someone that snuck up. I mean, a third-round pick is nothing to laugh about. That's still a pretty highly regarded prospect. But I I don't think he was on anybody's – I don't think he was in a top 100 list or a top 10 list unless I missed it. You know, when he got called up, it was like, oh, there's this other pitcher down there named Aaron Savale who's doing pretty good. Okay, sure, why not? We need a spot start. So, yeah. He uh, In his first game, he went six innings with six strikeouts against the Detroit Tigers, winning the game 2-0 with Brad Hand getting the save. So let's take an even deeper look at Aaron Savale, though. And how did he get called up, right? Was he was he blowing people away in the minor leagues? You know, what was he doing? So uh, 2016 looks like it was short season ball. It was the low A. It was 13 starts. He was 0-2 with a 1.67 ERA. So pretty good. I mean, only 37 innings pitched. So then he starts 2017 with in single A. And he's only pitching to a 4.58 ERA. Some of his advanced stats are pretty good. 8.37 Ks per nine. 0.79 walks. So he gets called up to advanced A. And in advanced day, he goes 11 and 2 with a 2.59 ERA. So he must have liked the uh, something in the food there. He must have liked. That's in 17 starts. And there he goes 107 innings. So a little more of a sample size here. He's goes 7.3 strikeouts per nine innings and a 0.75 walks per nine innings. So again, he is not walking, guys. He is pitching really good, really efficiently. In that 2018 season. Uh, he's solid for Double A, nothing remarkable, and then he really gets going at 2019. Not an out. I mean, 
Not an eye-popping ERA. 2.67 in AA. 2.13 when he gets to AAA in eight starts. And then finally gets called up to the Indians. In AA and Triple In AAA, he got up to a 9.78 Ks per nine innings. His walk rate did bump up a little bit. It was 1.91. But that K rate went way up. Last year for the Indians, he was at 7.8, 7.18 Ks per nine innings and 2.5 walks per nine innings. So, you know, he's a rookie facing major league batters now. However, on this season, after two starts, I'm sorry, they, they have not updated the data from yesterday. So this is after his first start, he was at 13.5 Ks per nine inning. I guess if you strike out nine guys in six innings, that math works out to 13.5. Yeah. Sticks with, he still had 13.5 Ks per nine innings. So, all right, there you go. So that is kind of his advanced stats. But what about what he throws, right? What is he doing that he's being so effective? It's so hard that Fangraphs only has things updated after one start. But he's definitely throwing his cutter more. He's throwing it at 30%, whereas he was only throwing it at 28% last year. His slider is down. He's down at 21% compared to 35%. His changeup is way up, 10%. And his curveball is way up, 22% as opposed to 11% last year. So definitely changed uh, his mix of pitches a little bit in that first start to give a little bit of a different look. And we'll see when those numbers update after his second start what the difference is there. So that is a little bit about Aaron Savali and kind of what he's doing, how he's being effective. Some of the other fun numbers to look at is uh, these plate discipline numbers uh, for Aaron Savali. So last year, the percentage of batters swings at outside the strike zone. So the percentage of time he got guys to swing outside the strike zone it's the O swing percentage. So last year it was at 28.8%. This year it's at 36.2%. So he's definitely getting guys to swing outside the strike zone more, which is huge. It must be what's so effective about that curveball and that changeup. Uh, the percentage of pitches that a batter swings at inside the strike zone. So this is the Z swing percentage. Last year it was 64.5%. Now it's 50% which means the batters are more confused. They're laying off pitches that are strikes. They, they're they taking more strikes. The O contact percentage. This is the percentage, and now this is deep, deep pitching stats here from uh, fan graphs. The O contact percentage, the percentage of times a batter makes contact with the ball when swinging at pitches thrown outside the strike zone. So 68.9% last year. So maybe they were fouling pitches off. This year, 47.1%. This year, a lot more swings and misses. And same thing with Z contact. Percentage of times a batter makes contact with the ball when swinging at pitches thrown inside the strike zone, 86.5% last year, now down to 73.1%. So he is definitely making more batters miss, which is great to see from Aaron Savali. And despite the Indians' offense not being able to support him yesterday, at least he went out there and threw a heck of a game. And we're going to need it. We are going to need these starting pitchers going forward. And you have to think that maybe it's just the Minnesota Twins. You know, maybe the Minnesota Twins are just that good. They've got a plus 22 run differential right now, which we did not help that at all. And it might be its second best in baseball behind the L.A. Dodgers, who are plus 30 run differential right now. 
So maybe the Minnesota Twins just are that good. We will see because we go to face the Cincinnati Reds next. The Cincinnati Reds are four and five. They're in a very similar position we're in. We're at five and five. And the pitching matchups look kind of fun for the series coming up here. Zach Plesak's going to get the first game against Sonny Gray, who definitely is their ace. He's 2-0 and with a 0.71 ERA right now. So this is a guy who might give us trouble. Now, Sonny Gray is a righty, so get ready for the left-handed lineup. We'll see. Man, I really wish Domingo Santana would take a rest. I'd really love to see some of other outfielders in there. Maybe Daniel Johnson gets another start. Hopefully Bradley Zimmer's still in there. But look for the lefties to be in there today. Then we flip our rotation over on Tuesday. Shane Bieber goes against Mahale for the Reds. On Wednesday, it was supposed to be Clevenger versus Bauer. We all wanted Clevenger versus Bauer. We're not going to get it because Rainout screwed up that lineup for the Reds. It's going to be Castillo against Clevenger on Wednesday. And then it's a four-game set. It's two home, two away. Why? Because... I guess because the driving's so close. Um, and then on uh, Thursday, Carrasco is going to go, and they have not announced who the starter is going to be for the Reds yet. And uh, pay attention to the schedule because the times for these games are all over the place. We got a 6:40 start, a 6:10 start, a 7:10 start, and then a 6:10 start. Why? Who knows? Why aren't these games starting at a consistent time? There's no fans that have to get home from work or anything like that and get to the ballpark. So. Pay attention to your start times this week as we do the Battle of Ohio, right, and face the Cincinnati Reds. So, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final last night from Minnesota. It's the Twins 3, the Indians 1. We'll be back tomorrow to cover that Reds game, that opener of the Reds series. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show and we'll play them back on the air. Respond to your thoughts and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.